You're listening to The Rock Rule. Hello everyone and welcome to the first official episode of The Ruck Rule. This is a podcast where I talk about sports, games, and anything that my guest I have on would like to talk about. Hopefully, I can edit and do this properly. I'm just not learning the software. But I am going to try to speak better and enunciate more because I have a problem doing so. So we will go ahead and get started on the episode. This first episode will mainly be about the NFL. There's a few headlines that have recently been popping up, I should say. A lot of big headlines. These are bigger headlines. So let's go ahead and start with this week against the Cardinals. Russell Wilson has been ruled out. Now he has been struggling this season. Brett Ripien, if I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, will be starting in his place. Also, if you guys didn't see that Kyler Murray is out for the year. So... I'm kind of excited about this game just because it'll be Colt McCoy against Brett Ripium. So that'd be kind of cool. Maybe Brett can prove that he deserves a job more than Russell. I don't think he will because if history repeats itself, he's not the most consistent. But I think it'll make for a good game. That game earlier this season, I think the final score was 12-9 to with the Colts and the Broncos. It definitely can't be worse than that one or the 10-9 game between the Broncos and the Ravens. A lot of bad games from the Broncos and company. We'll see more on that one. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get something good to talk about from that one. I'm going to move on to my next topic of discussion. Mike White and Zach Wilson comparison. Now, these are both the uh, Jets QBs that have started this year. Now, Joe Flacco has as well, but I'm not bringing up Joe Flacco because he is, I think, 35 or 36 years old and on the back nine of his career so no team will be looking to him for the answer they want to find their future and that's why they're going between Mike White and Zach Wilson now Flacco did start the season as a starter because Zach Wilson got hurt but I think three or four games into the season Zach Wilson got healthy and was able to play so with that time of Zach Wilson playing he has a 55 percent completion percentage 1,279 passing yards, four touchdowns, five interceptions, a 72.6 rating in seven games. Now, those stats are definitely nothing to gawk at. I've seen a lot of struggle. There's not only struggles on the field, there's character struggles where I don't know if he actually cares about the sport itself or the way his teammates think. There was reports a few weeks ago that he had lost players in the locker room, that players didn't want to play with them or play for him. That's bad. And you definitely don't want that from your QB, especially the one that's not even like three year, a full three years in the league yet. It's not looking good for Zach. I know that he is starting this week because Mike White's hurt. But I can't see Zach Wilson being the starter for the Jets in the coming years. I don't know if it'll be Mike White. But I can't see it being Zach Wilson. I believe Robert Salah uh, is a decent coach. The best coach the Jets had this decade, past decade. So I don't think that he will waste more time on Wilson. I don't believe he was one that drafted him either. So this Sunday, I believe, he will get another chance against the Lions. And hopefully, for his sake, that he can perform well. Now, if we go to Mike White, in three games, 62 
12% completion percentage. Now, that is obviously a smaller sample size, so if Mike White have a couple bad games and drop it under 60% and be in the same bracket with Wilson. But in three games also, he has 952 passing yards, which is only 327 less than Zach Wilson in seven games. So over three games, if he threw for 358 passing yards over three games, which is very likely from a NFL caliber QB. He would already have more passing yards than Zach Wilson. He also has three touchdown passes to two interceptions, an 85.8 rating, which is 13.2 higher than Zach. He's thrown three less picks and one less touchdown. If I was the Jets moving forward, Mike White would be my decision. Obviously, he's not healthy this week, so he can't play him this week, and I think he is their decision because they've been starting him because Zach Wilson lost the locker room. Zach Wilson refused to take responsibility for the loss against the Patriots whenever they scored three points, and the game-winning play of the game was a punt return for a touchdown as, as time expired. So Zach Wilson was mediocre at best. Not even that. He was horrible that game. Um, and he did not take responsibility for it. So I can't really see him taking responsibility. I mean, I'm not saying people can't change because they obviously can. Uh, I hope that him getting benched has helped him realize what he needs to do. And maybe he'll come in tomorrow and just light him up. I'm hoping. I really am. Because I don't want anyone to fail. This game is going to be fun to watch with uh, Zach Wilson starting. Moving on to the third segment of this episode, Lamar Jackson and his contract. Over the four years that Lamar has been in this league, three and some change, almost four, he started to see started his career very slow, we'll say. Uh, six touchdowns, three interceptions in the first seven games of his career in the first season. He went six and one. Um, and had a, I think it was a 57 or 6 or 5%, I don't have the numbers here, um, completion percentage in his first year. So that was definitely a rough start. Fans were calling for Joe Flacco in the playoff game. It just, his career didn't get a fair shot at the very beginning of it. Second season he came in, he won the MVP unanimously. Second player ever doing NFL history, compared with Tom Brady, great company to be. So... Everyone thought, wow, Lamar's emerged, he's different, he's going to absolutely light the league up, it's insane. And I, mean, I, I can't really say they were wrong. Lamar did light the league up that season, and the following season, his numbers may have not been as gaudy, but he lit the league up again. I mean, he carried the Ravens in 2019 and in 2020. Carried them. Not even debatable. The defense wasn't bad, but he carried them. Offensively, for sure, I'll say at least. So, those two seasons under his belt, 19 and 20, and also that half season of 18, uh, 19 and 20, it's looking like, man, this is, the Ravens have found their future at quarterback. In comes the 2021 season. Lamar has struggle after struggle after struggle. He's missing deep balls. He's not reading the, the defense properly. He's not picking out the right guys. Now, the Ravens' defense in 2021 was obliterated by injuries, along with their offense. 
I believe they had a NFL high 21 players on IR in 2021. Now, I have not done the research myself on it. I probably knew to before saying this, but I'm going to say it because I'm very confident in it. I don't believe you can go through the entire history of the NFL and find a franchise that had 21 or more players on IR on their roster with season-ending injuries, and they made the Super Bowl and won it. I just I don't think it's possible. So, being riddled with injuries, the Ravens struggled in 2021. The best way I can describe 2021 for Lamar is a wake-up call. I said, okay, Lamar, you need to work on your fundamentals as a quarterback. You need to understand pocket pressure. You need to understand uh, when to leave, when not. You need to go through your progressions. You need to learn all this stuff. Your athleticism you were born with, God blessed you with that. Now you need to move on to true quarterback play. And he got hurt, I believe it was week 13 of last year against the Browns. Uh, Tyler Huntley came in. They lost five games or six games in a row. Uh, Huntley didn't play bad throughout those games. He had a couple bad ones, a couple good ones, average play. And everyone thought, okay, well, Lamar got hurt, no big deal. We'll come back next season stronger. In comes the 2022 season. And man, oh me, oh my. The first three games of the season, Lamar said, here I am who forgot about me. He had a 64% completion percentage, 749 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 119 rating, 81.2 QBR, stellar passing numbers, and I mean stellar. The entire league got put on blast. They're like, okay, all right, well, here we go. Lamar's back at it from 2019. Oh, man, this is going to suck. 243 rushing yards and 8.5 yards a carry with two rushing touchdowns and zero fumbles. This man was angry. Contract talks kept stirring up in the offseason. There was reports that Lamar would have taken a $250 million fully guaranteed contract. I don't know the years on that, but I'm assuming it's a five or six year. And if it's a five year, that's roughly... $50 $50 million a year, and if it's a six-year, it's roughly 41 to $2 million a year, somewhere in there. So the first three games, Lamar said, I'm getting my bag. And uh, I was watching, and I said, man, that is – the Ravens are going to pay him because he's playing like he deserves it. He's playing like an MVP again. Then the following eight games happened. That Bills game in week four. From there on out, there was a different Lamar Jackson on the field. I can assure you that. He was not playing with confidence. He was not playing with poise. He did not have the accuracy. He did not have the numbers. His QBR plummeted. His rating plummeted. His decision-making got bad. And I spoke to people around, and uh, I talked to him about it, and I said, He's making rookie mistakes again. There was games Lamar was running around, or at least a game, where at the end of it, Lamar ran around with the ball extended out from his body like he did as a rookie, and it got stripped, and he fumbled. And they lost the game. The Ravens lost the game on that drive. Turnover, final drive of the game. Now, 
Are players going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Did Tom Brady make mistakes in his career? Plenty of them. But if you look at the first three games compared to the last eight games, that is a different man on the field. It really is. You're not getting the same Lamar Jackson from the first three games, 2019-2020, that you are when you get the last eight games in the 2021 season. It's just not there. I can't speak on why. I have no idea. I don't know. The numbers for his last eight games, down from a 64% to a 61% completion percentage. I know the first three games are a smaller sample size, but the numbers get more incriminating. His passing yards in eight games, 1,482 passing yards. His touchdown numbers, he had 10 touchdowns in the first three games. He had seven touchdowns in the last eight. His interceptions, he had two interceptions in the first three. He had five in the last eight. His rating, he had a 117 in the first three and 80.3 in the last eight. His QBR in the first three games was an 81.2, and the last eight was a 51. Now, I know the first three games are a smaller sample size, but there's no arguing that that was a different player on the field. Lamar Jackson showed up to the season and said, I'm going to get my money. And everyone thought, okay, the Ravens are going to be stupid not to pay him now. I'm not saying the Ravens are going to get rid of him. I'm not saying they should. I've spoken before to friends and family that that they should. But I only say that because if he still wants that fully guaranteed contract, there is no scenario where that front office should pay him that. No QB, no player in the NFL is worth a fully guaranteed contract. He had 512 rushing yards in eight games with a 6.2 yards per carry, down 2.3 yards from his first three games with 8.5 yards per carry. He had one touchdown in eight games compared to three or two touchdowns in three, and he had one fumble compared to zero. I'm sorry, the, the numbers don't show Lamar deserves a fully guaranteed contract. If you want my honest opinion, if I was the Ravens and we could agree on it, I would pay Lamar around about 25 to $30 million a year. Now, Lamar's numbers do not add up. $50 million a year, nowhere close to that should he be. 25 to 30 is where I'd say, because when you look at teams like the Chiefs, Pat is on a 10-year, $500 million contract, which, you know, adds up to $50 million a year. It's awful because in a couple years, the Chiefs will not be able to do anything. Now I know they're going to reconstructure his contract every year to be more of a signing bonus, and they'll still be able to get players. It's hard, though. And his contract's not fully guaranteed. I want to believe that the Ravens will find a way to get a contract agreed upon with him. But I don't know if they will. Lamar's asking price, if it's still the same, there's there's enough evidence to show he's not worth that kind of money. I love Lamar Jackson. And I'm not going to lie, I was like, I want to keep Joe Flacco. I don't want Lamar. But after seeing him play the first year, I said, okay, I mean, I'll I'll buy in. I said, Lamar, prove me wrong. Make me look like an idiot. I want to look like an idiot. Prove me wrong. And he did the first couple years. I was like, dang, he is so good. Like, that's that's, that's insane. But these last couple years, it's just, I can see that 
he's either has other priorities outside of sports, which is fine. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do that. You're a human being, have those. Or there's just too much inconsistency to pay him that kind of money. So uh, I guess we'll wait and see how the season pans out. Lamar should be healthy in a couple weeks. I said this at work. I would love for Lamar to come back in and give one great push through the playoffs because I believe the Ravens will make it. That would be awesome to see. I'd love that because I want, again, I want Lamar to prove me wrong. I want Lamar to make me look like an idiot, like I have no idea what I'm talking about. So moving on to the next topic of discussion, why Joe Burrow is the QB with the most upside. I don't have a lot to bring up, but this topic will be revisited with my brother, who is a huge Bengals fan and knows more about football than I do. So let's get to this topic. In 2021, the Bengals O-line was the fourth worst in the league in pass block, and he got sacked the most, I believe, that season. I can actually pull it up real quick to give you the exact number. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times in 2021. So you think, oh, okay, there's no way. There is no way this guy can actually make it like through. Uh, the league, I say he probably went like seven and ten, eight and nine. You know, rough, rough go of it. Well, led him to the AFC North Championship and had a seventy percent, seventy percent completion percentage, four thousand six hundred eleven passing yards, thirty four passing touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, and a hundred and eight rating. Now, those numbers are like they're not insane they're good they are good above average close to great if not great but with the fourth worst o-line in pass block those numbers are insane those numbers are stellar 70 percent completion percentage in a full 17 game regular season with the fourth worst o-line in the league in pass block he had to get that ball off immediately This man does not mess around. Now, I've watched plenty of games from Joe Burrow. Plenty of them. And let me tell you what. He looks like he has the most poise on the field, no matter who else is on the field with him. Pat Mahomes. You've seen games from Pat where he just looks demolished. Like, uh, like just, just gross. I'm just like, oh, Pat, awful out there, man. I don't know, like, but whenever I watch, and, and and I'll move on to this, whenever I watch Joe Burrow play, nothing phases him. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get sad. Like, he obviously gets happy, you know, those touchdowns, celebrates, but he doesn't overdo it either. Like, he's so level-headed, and you need that to be a quarterback in the NFL. Led them to a Super Bowl. Now, in the postseason, he didn't play the best. Their defense stepped up, for sure, but... Three points away, four points technically, from winning a Super Bowl with the fourth worst O-line in the league when it came to pass blocking. That's all him. That's his department. I like to argue that is probably the first time in NFL history an O-line that bad in pass block made it to the Super Bowl. Beating the better teams along the way, the Chiefs, the best team in the NFL, or one of the best teams in the NFL that year. Obviously wasn't the best. It's insane. They are so... What's the word? Joe Burrow is 
he he has the most poise by a quarterback in the NFL. So going now to this season, uh, currently, like where we're currently at, week 15, I believe it is, or 14. Let's see the Ravens are 9-4, 15. Um, 2022, the O-line is fifth worst in the league in pass block. So they're one better. That's good. But look at the numbers. 68% completion percentage. 3,685 passing yards. 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 102 rating. These numbers don't lie to you. Numbers do not lie. With the fifth worst line in the NFL when it comes to pass block, Joe Burrow still is putting up numbers that he should not be able to put up. Now, are his receivers amazing? Yes, I believe he has the best receiving core in the NFL. I believe he has a decent running back and a decent tight end. Sure, he has targets to throw to. But if that ball can't leave his hand, it don't matter who he has to throw to. He is making, he is finding ways to make this team look better offensively. And I'm confident in saying that without Joe Burrow, the Bengals would not be a winning team right now. Joe Burrow, I'm not going to say he's carrying the team because they have talent in the, in the receiver room, but he is insane. You can't deny how good he is. I'll never be able to comprehend how someone with a bottom five offensive line and pass block, the two first full years, Lord willing, he finishes this season healthy, how he can put up these numbers. I really, I, I, I cannot fathom it. You put Tom Brady back there, demolished. They're not getting, they're not even having a winning record. You put Drew Brees not having a winning record. You put Patrick Mahomes not having a winning record. Maybe, maybe nine and eight. Maybe we're probably missing the playoffs. Um, you put Jalen Hurts; they'll be four and thirteen. He's just so. If he, if they had a top ten O line from start to finish and pass block, the Bengals might go undefeated. Honestly, like one hundred percent, they might go undefeated. It's insane. Uh, the the biggest worry I have though with that, with with now the numbers are great and all. Uh, but the biggest worry I have is, is he the next Andrew Luck? And that's scary to think about it is. Because Andrew Luck, I believe, is one of the one of the best talents at QB that stopped playing too soon. And that's because their O-line was trash almost his entire time playing for them, if not maybe one year. Andrew Luck was different. Andrew Luck was fun to watch. He was high energy. He was... He was a nice dude on the field, but, man, he would sling it all over you. That Chiefs-Colts game back in the day whenever uh, Alex Smith was playing for him. I think the Colts came back from either a 21 or a 30 or 28 or 31-point deficit and won. Andrew Luck was insane. I don't want Joe Burrow to be the next Andrew Luck. So, please, Cincinnati, use all your resources to build that O-line up this year, this upcoming year when it comes to pass block. I know in the run block, they're like top 10, I'm pretty sure, top five maybe even. That's great. You're doing great there. But you've got to get a better left tackle. Jonah Williams is not the answer. Now, this that's straight from my brother's mouth. He didn't say he wasn't the answer, but he said he thinks Jonah Williams could be the sole change going into the offseason. So I hope that... They look at that and they really analyze and see that Joe Burrow is walking. They're walking a fine line with him between being the next greatest QB of all time 
and Andrew Luck. So, tread carefully. And with the last segment of today's show, we're moving on to the Ruck 10 NFL Power Rankings. So, this is uh, every week I will do while football's in session, and then once football leaves or once we get some more consistency, I'll do NBA as well. But we will be talking about NBA as well. This is where I do a top 10 power rankings of the top 10 teams in the NFL and give you a little explanation why I think that's where they are. So we'll start it off with number 10, the Baltimore Ravens. I really didn't want to put them in the top 10, to be totally honest with you, because offensively they are abysmal. They are boring to watch on offense right now. And trust me, it breaks my heart. But defensively, stalwarts. They're either first or second in turnovers defensively. They are, I believe the number is, they started off the season, I think it was 30 or 31st in their first four games, three games. 30 or 31st in total defense. Sucked. Horrid. They played their way up to eight. They are the eighth defense in DVOA right now. That is insane. The last nine games, they started playing like they meant it. I will be the first to tell you, I thought Mike McDonald, or, yeah, Mike McDonald was a bust at DC. I was like, oh, this is a horrible decision. This sucked. I don't know why we did this. Nope, I was totally wrong. Just need to get the, just need to get your water wings on, need to get the feet wet. I was all there for it now. Their defense is stellar. Number nine, Miami Dolphins. Now, I could get some hate for this one. I'm sorry. I don't think two is as good as he has looked in at some points this season. I think he's the product of having one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. Only uh, competition he has is Justin Jefferson. Along with Jalen Waddle, who is a top 25 receiver in the NFL along with a decent O-line, along with a a young coach. I'm not going to hate him because he isn't bad. He's I'd, I'd probably put him, if I did a QB power rankings, which I might do some of those, um, I'd probably put him around the 14 to 18 mark, somewhere middle of the pack. He's not bad. Their defense has let up a lot of high-scoring games. So they're going to make the playoffs but they're going to have to get into shootouts, and I just don't see them winning shootouts with some of the better teams in the league. Number eight, we have the Seattle Seahawks. Let's talk about the true underdog story this year, Geno Smith being the number one rated QB in the NFL this year in QBR. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Love seeing it. I was, I'm a Russell Wilson fan, unfortunately. But I love seeing Geno pop off, dude. It has been awesome. First week, I was like, dang, he had a really good game. I wonder how long that, that's going to last. Well, it's been uh, 14 games, and he's still doing good. Nobody, and I mean nobody, thought the Seahawks were going to be 7-7 seven and seven 14 weeks into the season. And here's the worst part about it. The Broncos are horrid, and they got all their draft picks from trading them Russ. Well, not all, but, you know, good ones. The Seahawks won that trade by a landslide right now. Will they in four years? We don't know, but it's looking like it. Defense isn't very good, so Gino is the 
it, it, it starts and ends with Geno. So I believe they'll make the playoffs, but they'll lose in the first round to whoever they play, probably a Cowboys or a Vikings. So, But good on you, Seahawks. Number seven, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, their defense is gross. I, I, They're the best defense in the NFL right now, I'd say. Or tied. They are amazing. Dak is inconsistent, unfortunately. I'm on my fantasy team. Uh, but he, I believe that he'll start to get more comfortable. They signed T.Y. Hilton. There's reports that Jerry Jones said we're still getting Odell as well. So uh, they're all, their wide receiver room will be re- relatively stacked. So that'll be good for him. Uh, Tony Pollard is the best running back in the NFL. Or sorry, sorry, let me rephrase that. Tony Pollard is the best scrimmage yards running back in the NFL. He's a new 2019 or 18 Alvin Kamara. Uh, he is insane. I don't know why he doesn't get more reps. Zeke needs to. They, they need to trade Zeke this offseason. Love Zeke, but not the guy anymore. I believe the Cowboys will make a decent push, but probably losing the divisional to a uh, better team. Number six, we have the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen has been fairly inconsistent this year, but their defense hasn't. I probably would have the Bills higher if Vaughn Miller wasn't out for the season. So I have to drop him out of the top five, and I don't really see him being in the top five again this season. I don't think the Bills will make a big playoff push. They have good receivers. They sign back Cole Beasley, which whatever that will do. Um, I believe it'll make a difference. But uh, the running game is horrid, so they need to make a change there this offseason for sure. But the Bills at six. I see them winning a wild card game and then losing to one of the higher seats in the AFC. Number five, we have the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson is the greatest receiver in the NFL, only to be challenged by Tyree Kill, like I said earlier. If he had a better QB throwing to him, and I'm going to get hate for that, I'm sorry, but Kirk Cousins is not the guy. He isn't. He is good enough to get you to the playoffs, and then he disappears. So we will see what happens there. Uh, their defense isn't horrid. I think it's middle of the pack. I'm not too sure. I have to look that up. But the Vikings at five, I think, is a good spot for them right now. They are the uh, one of the shocking stories of the NFL this year. That team's playoff hopes goes through Justin Jefferson. If he doesn't pop off in a game, they don't win. And I don't believe they'll get past the divisional round. Number four, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They're probably going to be a top five team for as long as Pat's there. Top ten for sure. If their defense can step up. And defensively, I think they're okay. There's there's, there's some holes. Their secondary is not that good as far as my knowledge goes. But he's Pat Mahomes. They got Travis Kelsey. Juju's played lights out. Uh, Sky Moore starting to emerge. Isaiah Pacheco. I think it's Pacheco. I think it's his name. If I pronounced it wrong, I apologize. He's starting to emerge. He's been emerging for the few last weeks. So I believe the Chiefs will make it to the uh, AFC Championship once again this year. So that's why I have them at number four. Number three, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'm probably going to get hate for that too because they have the best record in the NFL. But I think to a degree, it's a soft 13-1 and or 12-1, and whatever they are. I'm sorry, I just don't I don't see it. I really don't. Defensively, they're really good. They got they they make plays, they get picks. They are first, I believe, first or second in the NFL in turnovers with the Ravens. So, I just don't they're I know offensively they 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 
blow it up. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are gross. Miles Sanders is back to his old self. Uh, whenever he's healthy, Dallas Goddard's insane. So, and obviously Jalen Hurts is a big playmaker. I just, there's something about him. I just don't, I really don't see them making it through a divisional game. I really don't. I don't know who would in the NFC with the this team that's next, but I mean, maybe the Cowboys can make a push. Maybe the Vikings could. I don't know. I just don't, I don't see the Eagles making it past the divisional round. Maybe winning one game uh, if they get the wild card spot. But if they get that bye, I really feel like they're just going to go into that divisional game and not play a good game and not get blown out, but not win. So that's why they're at number three. The number two, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Their defense is, it's insane. I literally can't tell you a time I saw a defense dominate almost every offense they played like that. Now, obviously, they're going to have bad games. But their defense is stellar. And Brock Purdy coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo and now being 2-0 and in his career. I'm not saying he's the next Tom Brady or anything. But he looks like he the moment's not too big for him. So that's great to see for the 49ers. Unfortunately, he got hurt, but Brock Purdy's looking good. And they got Debo. They got Brandon Ayuk. I know Debo's hurt. They got Christian McCaffrey. They got George Kittle, who popped off Thursday. So... I think it's good that they, uh, they're they starting to come together again. If Debo gets healthy and Brock Purdy stays consistent like this, I believe they, can, they, they could be dangerous and make it to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Number one, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, like I said earlier with Joe Burrow, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, Cincinnati is a different beast. Their defense is emerging. They're starting to figure out how to play. They honestly, their, their O-line has been getting better overall. It's just their pass blocking still isn't. With Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Samaj P. Ryan, that offense is just nothing but big plays, dude. I think Cincinnati could really make a big push again, make it to the Super Bowl again. The only two teams I see that can give them trouble is the Ravens because their secondary is very good this year. And the first game they played, they completely took away Jamar Chase. Now, T. Higgins had a day. But Jamar Chase was gone. Uh, but offensively, the Ravens can't keep up with them. So I I think the Ravens will still lose that matchup, but they could give them a, a game. Or the Dolphins because of Tyreek's uh, big playability. Tua just lobs it up. Tyreek gets it. They can score three touchdowns in a quarter, and, and you're in a rough spot. So it just depends on how the game goes for him. But Cincinnati is looking really good this year. Um, they got nothing but upside to me. I don't think they're going to drop another game this year, to be totally honest with you. Though Those are the Ruck 10 NFL Power Rankings. With that segment, this will be the conclusion of the first episode of the Ruck Rule. I really appreciate everyone listening. I hope this becomes something that I can do consistently and bring on other people, like a few of my buddies, my brother. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. This podcast overall... We'll also include game talk as well. But the first few episodes, we're just trying to get some some foundation, some ground laid. So I appreciate everyone coming out. I appreciate everyone listening. I hope you all have a great day. God bless you. And we'll see you on the next one. All right. Catch you later.